Welcome to our Agile Tales, featuring a tale of two Agile worlds. So, what are we talking about today? Resistance to Agile obviously can come from anywhere, from the boardroom to worker bees, depending on that situation. And in episode one, we focused on executive management. Today, we're going to be focusing on the resistance coming from middle management and the teams at that level. Manway, why don't you take it away? Thank you, Giles. Hi, my name is Manway. You can also call me MW. I've been on this Agile journey for about 20 years. Though my home base is in Silicon Valley, California, I have worked in organizations all over the world. Started in engineering and ended with my last corporate title, Chief of Staff, when I started messing around in child finance and facilities. My goal is simple. I go after anything or anyone who hinders the team working effectively together to produce products that delights the customers. You can find more information on my website. Now, I have a number of examples of resistance from middle management teams and individuals that I have encountered. My first example is from a pharmaceutical company. The executive management team was excited about Agile and actively encouraged the company to go Agile. By the time I was brought in to help, the executive management team has brought the company on an 18th month journey of Agile transformation. They focus on being Agile and wanted to move to doing Agile. However, the company was still structured by departments or functions. Team members told me that they have competing goals. That is, some of what the managers put down as a department goals conflicted with what the cross-functional teams needs. In fact, the team members were told by the managers that they need to decrease the time spent with their cross-functional teams. Otherwise, they will not be promoted. Now, when those team members did not comply because the cross-functional team meets them and it is in a critical juncture of the project, the managers threatened to actually pull them out of the team and swap someone in to finish the project. That was the middle management resistance. Now, I have also encountered individuals who demanded that I gave them templates to follow. And if I don't, well, then apparently I am the one who don't know the process well. These kind of individuals use the resistance to go on the offensive. Then there are teams who have had agile transformation before, but those experience left a sour taste in their mouths. They have seen it all and thought agile is nothing but a hyped up word, and they do not want to go through that again. Now, there are also teams who think agile is only for software development, and that was a hardware team. You see, those team members has been in the hardware business for more than 20 years. They know how that industry works, and it definitely is not like software that can just release every day if they want to. They're long poles, and it costs a lot of money to change hardware once it's in the manufacturing stage. They thought, obviously, agile does not work for them. Hey, JF, have you experienced any resistance from middle management or team before? Well, yes, I have. I've seen various resistance over the years. I'm going to highlight a couple of them, but first, let me introduce myself to our guests. Hi, I'm JF. It's short for John Francis, which is my first name. I've been working in Silicon Valley, California for the past 30 years now. And my agile journey started in 1998, when as an engineer, I decided to try things I read about on NetNews and apply them to my team. The results surprised me, and I've been doing Agile since then, constantly growing and learning. For my first example, I was an Agile coach at an enterprise company, 
And I encountered a few teams that exhibited some peculiar forms of resistance. The teams were different, but the problem was the same. In one team, everyone deferred to the architect slash lead of that team. This team was entirely made up of people from mainland China and only the architect would talk. Everyone would route their questions via the lead and they would not speak English with us, even though they did speak English in other meetings with other people. If we asked anything from anyone, they would all look at the architect and he would answer. And if they had questions, they would ask it through him again and he would ask us. Then when we'd give the answer, he'd tell them the answer in Chinese. They would talk amongst themselves, not involving us agile coaches who were in the room with them. So I kind of felt like Sigourney Weaver in Galaxy Quest, where she was the only one who could ask questions to the computer. Something similar also happened to our teams in Bangalore office. Everyone during our discussions would give really good answers of how they would do things. They'd mention these to the product owners in Sunnyvale. However, what they said ended up being different than what they did. Why? Well, after the meeting with the product owner, they would meet with their manager and ask him what he wanted them to do. He would then change everything and then just email the product owner back in Sunnyvale. For my second example, it was outright resistance. Certain people didn't want to be agile even if the rest of the team was doing it. These people would undermine the whole effort of the team. I had one team where was this one person would intentionally come in late for their standup and celebrate his tardiness by doing fist pumps in front of everyone. All I knew was he was being purposely late. So those are my stories. So how did people react to the resistance that they experienced? Well, let's see. For my middle management example, the people on the team think that Agile is a joke. Sure, executive management wants it, promotes it, but those are high level people. For people on the ground, they really only have two choices. One, they be or do Agile and stay at the same level for the rest of their manager's lives if they don't get fired or transferred out first. Or two, do what the managers want, even though it's contrary to what the cross-functional team needs and get salary raises and career advancements. Now for executive management, they are clueless of how middle management feels and things and clueless of why people on the ground are not embracing it. They keep promoting agile to the individuals and not explaining to the middle management what agile means to them. I do agree with some of the reactions that exec management have with their middle managers. Part of the reason why is that during these agile rollouts, a lot of emphasis and training is for teams that the exec sponsor. There's hardly any training for managers on what it means to be a manager on an agile team. For this enterprise rollout that I was in, we actually had to come up with training for these managers because none of the certified classes would address this. For my story on teams deferring to their leader managers, a lot of people, not just agile coaches, were really bewildered. Why would people act in this way even though we kept reinforcing the fact that it was okay to fail with agile ways of working? It wasn't just us. Other people who joined these teams eventually left after a few months because they felt left out when everyone was routing things to the lead. Some of the reactions were, I don't know how to deal with this kind of person or that kind of team. What's up with the team? Why is the team acting this way? Why does the lead have so much influence over everyone? Yeah, I've seen that. Those individuals are not used to the agile way of working. They're conditioned by their cultural norms. They're used to following rules and established structures. 
especially the Asian culture. So they simply don't know how. Now for the individual in my example, since it was a relatively high level individual, the rest of the people who don't want to think use that as a CYA move that they can go on the offensive instead of trying to defend not wanting agile. For the rest of the folks, they are now scared, thinking maybe there indeed should be a template to follow and would slowly be swayed to either follow that or let me know that they cannot defend themselves against those people. It creates an environment of war instead of collaboration. Thankfully, I haven't experienced that kind of behavior. Unfortunately, my second example deals with toxicity. It's the toxic personality. Remember, I had one or two individuals undermining the entire team, consciously as well as unconsciously in some cases. These people were detrimental to the team's cohesiveness and dynamics. These toxic behaviors would cause a lot of discussions between people, amongst managers and execs, between team members or people with other teams. On some of the teams, we had some members escalate up the chain and even to HR saying they didn't want to have this person on the team or were looking to leave if this behavior wasn't addressed. It contributed to a lot of team dysfunction and was very hard to overcome by the teams, by managers, and even us coaches. Oh dear, I wish I can say I haven't experienced that, but I have. And yes, escalation to the management seems to be the only way to address it. Well, that is, if management agrees that those are indeed toxic behaviors and that the team really wants no part of such dysfunction. Now, as to my example of the sour team, to them is yet another agile transformation that would go nowhere. They would be trained and expected to work in this new way of working, yet the rest of the company remains the same. Or worse, they now have extra work to do to map Agile into existing infrastructure, company policies and processes. And which tells them the company doesn't really care about what they do. The company only cares about what manager wants, which is predictability, efficiency, the pet projects and making money. And means no real change. Things will go back to where it was before, except worse, because the company would now think they are certified agile. Now, as to the non-software teams, unfortunately, a lot of companies don't know what to do with them. So they leave them alone instead of truly understanding what agile organization means and applying the agile principles to their disciplines and industry. And sadly, a lot of non-software teams and non-high-tech industry use that as an excuse to continue their ways of working, even though that has not been working for them. Yes, I see this a lot. I mean, most people still see Agile as a software or tech thing that you can't apply it to other parts of the organization or much less in other disciplines outside of tech. The view is definitely understandable because you know the Agile manifesto explicitly calls out software. It didn't call out other departments like HR or finance or other industries like big pharma. So that's our experience of resistance coming from middle management team and individual levels in the US. Next time, our friends in the UK will share their experience. Thank you so much for listening to our Agile Tales, where we share the various successes and trials we've encountered as we navigate corporate levels and political waters to transform the business to be adaptable to this forever changing world. Feel free to ping us on ouragiletales.com.